Welcome to another Beautifully Broken podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I can't believe Halloween is going to be this week. How did we get here already? It seems like 2020 is taking forever, and yet it also feels like, oh my gosh, it's like already Halloween. We're almost in November and I don't know, it just, maybe it snuck up on me, I'm, I'm not sure. But I thought I'd talk today a little bit about, since we're in this Halloween time, <laughs> I thought I would talk a little bit about my favorite Halloween traditions. And one of them is watching The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. And that's where that organ music comes from, and just... Wanted to get you in the mood a little bit creepy and <laughs> just believe me, I'm into wholesome fun. I, I get it. I understand why people don't like Halloween. I've done my research on where it comes from, but I believe in the transformation power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe in letting Satan use whatever he wants to. I believe in redeeming what he has meant for evil, God means for good. And so Greg and I, when we started Palm Valley, we really talked to our congregation about leveraging Halloween for the Lord. And it's the one time of year where people actually come to your house and introduce themselves and with their kids and their family and and you hand out candy and it's like you get to know your neighbors on this one particular night of the year. So why not leverage it? Why not make a friend? And I know this year is going to be crazy because of COVID and masks and whatever. And my church does a huge like spectacular thing with the kids come all dressed up and they have candy and things like that. So I am all about taking things that Satan likes to use and redeeming them. So if you are against Halloween, I I get it. I totally understand. But that is not how we fill in this home. In fact, I grew up um, going trick-or-treating. I And I, you know, I came from a really conservative family. And, uh, so I never had that maybe stigmatism about Halloween is bad and and I get it. But every Halloween, my youth pastor, who also happened to be my brother, just think about that for a second. Do you feel do you feel sorry for me? Because you should. <laughs> my brother, he would always do things on special nights like Halloween or whatever, and and he would show us movies. And one of the movies that he would show us on these, like, they, they were all-nighters. We would spend the night, was go- The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Now, I'm, I'm talking about, <laughs> I, I'm going to date myself here, but the real to real, you know, with the, the film strips and, the, and then you had to project it onto the big projector, but then, like, you could also put your hands in the projector and make, like, you know, little hand animals and or pick people's noses or, you know, those, those kind of fun things. But this is what I grew up on. My brother was a huge Andy Griffith fan and, and 
we just love the actor Don Knotts. And so Steve found this movie, The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, and he would show it on our youth events. Well, after I married Greg, I had to initiate him to this movie. And somehow we started watching it with our kids. And then eventually it moved on to our friends and their kids. And then it became our movie of choice for the weekend before Halloween. Now, each year we gather around, eat good food and even better treats and watch this silly, stupid, not even scary movie together with me being super annoying because I I just have to quote all the lines like just and just a hair ahead of when they say it just so people know I know this movie I know you probably are like oh I hate that type of person I I hate it too I just can't help myself there's so many good lines to this movie like when you work with words words are your work. (laughs) I mean, brilliant. That's just brilliant. I couldn't have said it better. Here's a little history of the movie. So after Don Knotts had left the Andy Griffith show in the early 1960s, uh, Don went on to make movies. And one of them was The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. It's a, you know, scary movie, though not really, about a lowly typesetter whose name is Luther Heggs, who works for the newspaper in Rachel, Kansas, which is funny because I I have people from Kansas. So I I get the little Kansas towns. It's it's pretty cute. Um, But he, this Luther, he has really big dreams about becoming an investigative reporter and wouldn't you know it, there happens to be a haunted house where he lives. Now, who can resist a haunted house? If you listened to our podcast last week, my mom and I talked about staying in a haunted house this past summer. And we didn't get into it, but what happened was we we met up with my sister in Silverton, Colorado, so little mining town, and there was this old like it was built in 1901, I think. Uh, it was like a Victorian, not a mansion, but it was you know a really nice home on their main street, and when and it you could rent it. So we rented it because I'm like, yes, I want to stay here. I want to stay in this home. And so when we got there, of course there. There was the creaky stairs and the creepy cellar, which was really it was really creepy. And then this really weird old picture of this guy, maybe kid. I don't know, but it's the kind that you you want to put like an article of like a towel over or something where you can hide it so it's not watching you when you walk around in the rooms. But anyways, I talked my family into staying in this home and it was fun that we, I mean, it was fine, but it was like old and creepy. And I don't know. I just call me crazy. You're crazy. I like those kinds of things. So the haunted house is haunted because it had a murder slash suicide that took place in this 
home. And, you know, the, the people, the Simmons who lived there, it was said that the old man Simmons was raging and then he killed his wife and then he maniacally was playing the organ afterwards because that's what you do when you go crazy. You just want to play the organ. And then he threw himself out the window and you can still see the blood stains on the organ keys. And one lady likes to point out, and they use Bonami, which is hilarious if you know what Bonami is. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. I guess you're like, what's Bonami? It's a cleaning solution. But they couldn't get it off. So then people are saying they still hear the creepy organ music playing on the anniversary of the tragedies. And fortunately for Luther, he, he happens to come into this lucky situation where something takes place outside of this murder-suicide house, and he thinks somebody was killed. But he goes to the police station, and he's all, you know, he's all wound up. And he's, they're telling him, Luther, calm down, calm down. And he's like, calm, calm, do murder and calm go together? Calm and murder? And I would have to say, n- no, those two things, they, they wouldn't go together for me. But of course, Luther being Luther... There was actually really no murder that took place. The guy just got whacked over the head, and, and then he walks in. He wasn't actually dead. And so poor Luther, you know, he thought he was on to something, this real investigative journalist kind of thing. And, well, it comes about where they decide that there's kind of, you know, the, all this buzz around this house because one of the Simmons' nephews came back into town. He was going to have it torn down. And of course, it was right before the anniversary of the tragedy. So they decided that Luther should spend the night in this haunted house to experience the hauntings and whatever before the house is torn down. And so he does stay there. And I won't give it away, but craziness ensues. And then he comes out with this fantastic story of all these things and the organ was playing and these weird things happen. And so he almost becomes like this folk hero in town. And they invite him to come and speak to the town as their guest speaker. And well, let me play a little bit of his speech for you. Thank you, Mayor and fellow Rachelanians. <clears throat> I am proud to be here today. Had a boy, Luther. When I was asked to be guest speaker at this luncheon, I asked myself this: Who are you, Luther Hayes, to be a guest speaker at this luncheon? I thought about my answer about being guest speaker for a long time. What is a guest speaker? 
Let me clarify this. I have been called brave. What is brave? Let me clarify this. Of course, we all know that it is short for bravery. That goes without even being said. But it is also a symbol of another thing. It is a symbol of doing one's duty, no matter what is scaring him personally. Attaboy, <laughs> Maybe it's because I've spoken in front of large crowds before, but th- I get Luther at this moment. He's standing on the podium. He's prepared. He's written his notes, and then the wind comes and blows them away. So then he's kind of spiraling out of control, and words are flying out of his mouth, and he doesn't know what he's saying, and he's so super nervous. And yet there's something really important that he wants to say to people. So I know, like, I get sidetracked when I'm speaking. I'm like, ah, follow your notes. But I wish like they could fly away like Luther. So at least I'd have something to blame it on. Luther talks about how some people have called him brave for spending the night alone in the scary house. And then he explains that brave is short for bravery, all while clarifying what he means. And in the midst of his funny speech, he says something very profound. Luther explains that being brave is a symbol of doing one's duty, no matter what is scaring him personally. And being a person who is of the scaredy cat nature and a big imagination, I I can really appreciate this. How many times in life do I shy away from things that make me afraid? I would much rather be known as a person who does what is set before them, no matter what is scaring them personally, than the person who backs down because they were afraid. It is scary to be alone. It's scary to not know what the future holds. It's so freaking scary to be a single parent. It's scary to not have direction in life. It's scary not to know where your next check is going to come from. What we are facing today, 2020, I feel like we are all, in a sense, a little bit like Luther Haig. Like we have these grandiose ideas and we get talked into these things and then it all falls apart and we're left with just a big, scary mess. And we don't know what to do with it. I mean, we, we're trying to be brave. We're trying to be inspirational. Oh my goodness, I, I've been called inspirational before and I, I, it's not something that I love. I kind of push back against it because 
I'm not an inspiration. (laughs) I'm not. But I am someone who has gone through some deep hurt, some really scary things in life. And, And I understand that the fear is not of the Lord, but fear is real and it's a human emotion I think we all go through. So yes, we fear, but then the Bible tells us over and over again not to be afraid, but to trust God. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Oh my goodness, yikes. Power, love, and self-control? Then why do I find myself like Luther Heggs shaking in my loafer sometimes? I mean, I, oh, power, love, and self, oh my goodness, self-control, come to me. I don't think being scared is the problem. Like I said before, it, it's a natural reaction to things. It's a, it's a human quality that we all experience. But I do feel like if I let fear take control of my reactions and my decisions, that that is not what God intended. Do I ever do that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I need to remind myself that even the life can be out of control, out of my realm of understanding. When life can be scary, I have the power within me to be brave because though it feels like I'm alone, and sometimes it feels like I'm alone in a very scary haunted house with chains rattling and things flying and organs playing and and it's very it's it's overwhelming right i am never alone i have to remember that i am never alone i have christ who lives within me and if you are a christian so do you so together we can overcome the scariest of situations Because the power of Jesus lives within me, I know that I can face the very scary future, which I don't know if anybody else feels that way when you look at the future. I think especially now with with people going through lockdowns and, and job insecurity and loss of friends and family, I, I think we can all feel a little bit afraid. And we just have to remember that with the power of God in us, we can face the unknown, scary future with bravery, (laughs) even in our beautifully broken lives. Friend, if you are going through a scary situation, maybe you're facing life upheaval right now and and fear is something that you are really de- dealing with can i just remind you that fear it's it's not bad to be afraid it's bad to hold on to that fear 
when the fear comes in, we have to release it to God and we have to be willing to let him take control and we have to be willing to remember that we're not alone. And if you feel alone today, remind yourself, God is with me. Let me pray for you, friend. God, I just pray for us as we are walking through this scary season of life. God, that that you would remind us that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't have to try to be brave all on our own because you are with us. You love us. You want the best for us. And, and even though we can't see the future, which is scary, you know, and you have a plan and purpose for us. So God, I pray that you would help us to just have faith in you, continue to trust you, and believe that you will work all things to your good, Lord, that, that you will take control of our insane and out of control, scary life. We pray these things in your name. Amen.